Our second reading is from Matthew 15, and that's on page uh, 949. It's actually 950, because we're reading from verses 51, sorry, no, 21, sorry, 21 to 39, so 950, under the heading, The Faith of the Canaanite Woman. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, your word is living and active. We thank you that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So we do pray as... We hear and think and meditate on your word that you would do your work by your spirit, speak to our hearts and lives and keep you from error we ask. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Well, this is actually part two, really, of last week, but it just got so long you can't do it all in the one. So this is the second part. And you might remember last week Jesus uh, upset the traditions of the elders, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. They're upset with him because of he didn't follow the traditions. His disciples didn't wash their hands. And we came out and we said, basically, and Jesus spoke from Isaiah saying it's the same problem was here, he was finding, as Isaiah found, that people's hearts were not right. There's a heart problem. And so in that context, in steps, verse 21 to 29, 28, sorry, a Canaanite woman who believes. So while Israel suffers under a heart problem here, a Canaanite woman believes. She's an outsider. She's someone who's not part of God's people. In her, you see the world represented. In through Matthew's gospel, we've seen the world and its purposes coming to Jesus and the text speaking about how Jesus's mission as God's mission is for his world and that he has a people. Here she comes and she cries out in verse 22, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Matthew makes sure that we don't miss that she's an outsider. In Mark, Mark chapter 7, she's called a Syrophoenician woman, a Greek. Here, Matthew picks up the old description of her from the Old Testament, and that's no accident. He makes sure that we understand because where she's from. She's one of the original occupants of the land, the land people that were conquered and dispossessed. This underlines her status as an outsider. It also underlines the fact that Jesus, as the true Israel, has entered the land. And what does he find? He finds the world, Canaanite lady, ready for their Messiah. So far, Jesus' mission has been Israel-centred to his own people. But the promises of God and the Old Testament have that wider perspective. Most of us probably sitting here right now are from that perspective. I'm not sure of everyone, but going back right back to Genesis chapter 12 to a guy called Abraham, you might have heard of him, the promises of God were for the world, that God's message would be a blessing. The world would be blessed through Abraham. Jesus' ministry began in chapter 4 in Matthew with the idea that Gentiles were sitting in darkness Christ's last day community were said to be salt and light to the world in Matthew 5. 
and a mission to those who are lost, a mission to his people. This mission he tells us in chapter 10, verse 23, that mission will not be completed before the Son of Man comes. This would change when the Son of Man came and the world focus would start. But here, Jesus finds a Samaritan woman. And what we find are the Gentiles are busting to get in. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him in verse 23 and urged him, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. The disciples don't quite see the significance of her being here. They want her to go away. She's a nuisance. We get the idea that, that Matthew hasn't told us. She's doing this again and again and again. She's persistent. Why is she persistent? Because she knows Jesus is the one she needs to be talking to. She knows. And so Jesus answers in verse 24 to her. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But she is desperate, verse 25. She came, kneels before him and says, Lord, help me. Jesus' reply in verse 26, if you weren't shocked, you weren't listening or you're not breathing, one or the other. His reply is frankly hard to hear. Every time I read it, I have to, it startles me. Let me read it for you, just in case. It is not right, he said, to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. As I said, you probably are shocked. You should be shocked, I assume, when those words are uttered. There's no doubt the Jewish people sometimes called Gentiles dogs. What did they mean for that? Do, do you have an oodle? Does anyone have an oodle? Does anyone know an oodle? Do you know what an oodle is? Everyone's got an oodle. Everywhere I go, there are oodles and oodles of oodles. Caboodles, dogs. Everyone has a fluffy oodle. Everyone. And what do they do with those dogs? They love them. They love them more than life itself. They love them more than most people. Why not? Dogs are everywhere. How do we think of dogs? They are man's best friend. Is that right? Man's best friend. That is a concept that you need to realise that's completely absent in Israel. No one in ancient world, no one thinks of dogs as pets, as things to love. Rather, they are dangerous scavengers. Have you ever been part have you ever been part to a world part of a world where the dogs are dangerous? Anywhere? You've been where was that Ron? Bangladesh. Bangladesh, that's right. How do people 
approach dogs in Bangladesh. Yes, that's right. So it's a, it's a very strange concept for us to get when we're used to the idea of them being lovely, particularly oodles. Who doesn't love an oodle? It's a common saying. And why Jesus using it is he's bringing to her the attitude she knows that Jewish people have and that the disciples have. Get rid of this woman. Jesus uses it and she will not be put off. Notice her reply to this, what sounds like horrible statement. She says, yes, Lord. She doesn't say, how dare you? She knows what she's thought, how she's thought of, how her own nation is thought of by the Jewish people. But she's very persistent and she comes and she answers saying, yes, Lord, verse 27, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. It's an incredible response. You could see a great grace in that response if you like, but Jesus sees faith. Remember last week, Jesus spoke, and remember in the parables, Jesus spoke to listen and understand. Last week, the disciples are going, How are you talking about? The, the, the elders around him, those Pharisees and teachers of the law, they don't understand, but they're upset. The Canaanite woman understands. She has faith. And so Jesus says, you have great faith, verse 28. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. The disciples want her sent away. She's a pain, but she is persistent because she's come to the right place. The guy who's meant to have all these attitudes to her doesn't. Instead, he has compassion. He has compassion and love. Matthew's gospel has shown us that Gentiles will eventually be included, but the issue is timing. It's probably not, it's not the right time. But what we see in the Canaanite woman is they don't want to wait. They're busting to get in. So Jesus declares her faith great. He hasn't seen faith like this. That's how great. And do you remember the centurion? We're back in the story we, 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 many weeks ago. The centurion had the same thing, wasn't she? He came. And what did he say? Do you remember what he said? Don't even bother to come. Don't come to my place. You don't need to. Just say the word, Jesus. Just say the word and it'll be done. What faith? Again, an outsider. The ones who Jesus has come, he's not expecting to find faith there, but the world is waiting to get in. The outsiders have faith 
and seemingly the insiders do not. The Canaanite woman has great faith and so Jesus says what she asks will be done. Secondly, we see Jesus then as the good shepherd in verses 29 to 39. When he returns to the Sea of Galilee, he sat on a mountain and a great crowd comes to him. And when they came, in verse 29 to 31, again he has compassion and he heals them. The time of healing that Isaiah spoke of in chapter 35 is here. And verse 31 tells us the people were amazed when they saw the mute speak, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing. They praise the God of Israel. Jesus has to explain all this to his disciples and so he emphasises his compassion. Why does he do that? Because God has compassion. I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. Jesus is acting like the good shepherd that appears in chapters 34 to 36 in Ezekiel, the prophet. He's feeding the lost sheep, the sheep that the people's leaders have let have been let down by. Sorry, the sheep that the people's leaders have let down. That's better. Of course, this is a logistical nightmare. Where are we going to get enough bread? Said the disciples, verse 33. Jesus again answers, How many do you have? Seven, they replied. Seven loaves and a few small fish. Jesus again is shown as them sitting, making them sit down. And then he gives thanks, breaks, and distributes. And we get that strange little four or five words in chapter 30, verse 37. All ate and were satisfied. Baskets are picked up of broken pieces that are left over. 4,008. The picture is one of great grandeur, of the great banquet at the end of time when God will have all his people and he will provide for them and feed the world. In that time, the shroud of death, where there are no more sicknesses, no more death, no more suffering, but Jesus healed, that time is here. Jesus is representing what will happen when all the nations will come on that last day where both Jew and Gentile will be filled with hope. Like David, Jesus is acting as the good shepherd. He is acting as God would do. By doing this, Jesus is again showing us, stating, I am God. By being the good shepherd for Israel in the last days, Jesus is the fulfilment of the promises of the Old Testament. All the tribes of the earth are about to find their blessing through him. Jesus came for his own. 
The great banquet will be here one day. He is the one who has compassion. He has compassion for us. He has compassion for his world. We rest in his love because of who he is. He is the God who has sought us, gone after us, chased us, won us, given a place to us and sat us with him in his kingdom. You're there right now. Did you know that? If you trust in Jesus, your seat is certain. Uh, we sang before, by grace we have saved through faith, not by works of God, not by boasting or things like that. So there's, there's nothing you've done to get yourself there. Jesus has done it. He did that for you. He did that because he loved you. He did that because he has compassion on our world. And as we look around our world, boy, it needs compassion. As we look at our own heart, boy, I need compassion. Boy, I need changing. But Jesus has come that he might have mercy on us. Where people cry out, son of the living God, Jesus, have mercy on me. He feeds us. He provides for us. He cares for us. He tends us. He watches over us and he keeps us. For his compassion knows no bounds. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly God, King of all glory, we thank you for your compassion to us. Thank you that you are our good shepherd. We thank you that the Lord Jesus came that he might tend to our needs. We have so many needs we did not even realise we had. The greatest one of all is that we might have life in you and have it to the full. Lord, that has been given to us. There's nothing more to come. It has all been secured for us. One day we will enjoy that with you face to face. We will know and be wonderfully known. The glory of our Saviour, the risen Jesus. Lord, please help us while in this world continue to assure us that you watch over us, that you shepherd us. We pray that we would listen to your voice. We pray that we would know and be certain of your love. Thank you that our own nature cannot undo your greatness. Our own actions cannot unwind what you have achieved. You are the God of glory. You've called us to follow you and love you for we are loved and we pray that this message would be heard in our troubled world. Fill our world with compassion and love for one another. Fill us with compassion and love for each other. Fill us with praise and glory as we rejoice in the truth of your goodness and greatness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.